Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Paul Listening Behind the Curtain. My opportunity, as you know, to step away from the worlds of politics and law that I cover on television to do something a little less uh, stressful and a little more fun, which, of course, is the world of theater, which we get to do here on Behind the Curtain on WGNRadio.com. And joining me now, the cast, the director of one of the great shows of all time, beautiful. It's going on now at the Marriott Lincolnshire uh, Theater. And, you know, maybe you saw it on Broadway. Maybe you saw it when it came in on the national tour. Maybe you saw one of our guests in the show already. I don't know. We're going to find out a little bit about them and about this really unique kind of production of Beautiful that's going on at Marriott Lincolnshire. So welcome to all of you. And let me welcome our guests for being here. First of all, how do you talk about Beautiful, which is, of course, about the music of Carol King, without having the Carol King actor <laughs> with us? And so Caitlin Davis joins us. Uh, you're no stranger to this role, Caitlin. I mean, it's not like this is the first time you played it. You've been on national tour. You've done it regionally. You you live this role. Yes, totally. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I love this role. It's very special to me, but it is very unique in this production, I would say. It feels totally fresh and new, um, and especially because I'm playing the piano, so that also adds a whole element to it. Yeah, and, and actually here, the piano gets more costume changes than most of you, so it's sort of... <laughs> never yeah. seen that before, but it works very well. Yeah. And uh, by the way, you yourself, this is very cool because... I know you, I'm going to get to the recipe in just a second, but, but I know you are a pianist, you are a songwriter. So mm-hmm. you, you have to be relating to Carol King at a different level than maybe other actors might. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, I felt that way, even just from seeing the show when I saw it on Broadway, I was like, I have to do this. It was like screaming from the inside out of me. I was like, I have to do this. This is so me. I feel, I just, I relate with her so much every step of the way. It was not hard for me to like understand why she does everything she does throughout the whole course of the show. So it makes it very easy as an actor when you relate this hard. <laughs> right. What's tougher, this role or playing Christine in Phantom of the Opera, which you also did on national tour? Um, That's interesting. I think I'm so much older now that I think I would say Christine is harder because I was just not as prepared as a human being for that type of demanding situation. But I would say there's more to dig into with Carol. There's so many layers, right? There's comedy, there's drama, there's like, there's the fact that you're singing songs that your character and the characters around you know you're singing. So deciding how to act that and there's, there's a lot more to dig into. Um, so it, they're challenging in different ways, but. Yeah. Well, unfortunate answer because joining us now is Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, who I'm <laughs> Uh, and by the way, I want to show you, I, I forgot to have it with me at my desk, but I, I have a signed copy of Carol King's autobiography. So uh, I too <gasps> am goodness. really into her, really into this show and all of that. So I thought you'd let you know. Well, anyway, let me introduce somebody. Oh my <laughs> God. Well, there we go. <laughs> is your sign though, Andrew? I was just about to introduce you. Is your sign? Okay. Sorry. We're not hearing you. Public library. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're on the, on the theft list. All right. Um, and also I, I have a, a, bingo card for the show beautiful and every square on it has a mueller name in it and you've got to be able to check off the mueller's before you can complete your bingo card and so this time around it it gave me the trifecta of mueller's appearing in this show because playing 
Carol, your husband in the show, Jerry Goffin, is Andrew Mueller. Andrew, you know, look, this is about you. We're not talking about your sisters, but you've got to at least give me the due of acknowledging you have some sisters who are also a little familiar with this show. I do. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I've I've known this show uh, since it's, well, it's inception once it was actually finally in performances. Um, I I love the show. I've always been uh, a big fan. Um, and it has, it has been a, a challenge, but it's one that I, I had a little bit of lead up to think about. So, yeah. And, and by the way, does it, you know, here's Caitlin playing the same role that both your sisters, Jesse and Abby have played. I've interviewed Abby, uh, when, when she came in through the national tour, I saw Jesse on Broadway, but I, and no, I'm not about to ask you who's better or anything like that. That would, that would, you know, we're not going to do that, but, but I will tell you, but let me ask you as somebody who's playing this, do you see like. Are they all very similar Carol Kings to you? Is like if Carol King was in the audience, would she say every one of them is me? Or do you see some distinctions and differences, which is going to lead into our introduction of the director in just a moment, because that's part of the answer. But what, what was your sense of it? Um, I mean, if Carol King was in the audience, I would have some other questions to ask her. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, every performer is going to take, uh, it was going to bring something different to the role. And it, 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 it's an interesting line when you're playing a real person because you're still playing the the show's character of that person. Um, and in that, in that way, I, the, one of the ways I described seeing both my sisters do the same role was that it was like, it was very clearly themselves and it was very clearly Carol. And I imagined it as like them putting a Carol King effects, like guitar effects pedal on their voice and then going into the role. Um, <laughs> I'm not as familiar with Caitlin's non-Carol King voice at this point. I have many more data points of just her Carol King voice, but I, everyone's different. Everyone's great. I'm a big fan of all three of these fantastic performers. And no, I'm not going to say anything against yeah. any of them. Nor or should you judge By them. The way, did, or have, have you have your sisters seen the show? And do they think it was weird that their brother was playing their husband? Um, I. <laughs> had they they have not seen the show yet okay. i don't know if i'm supposed to talk about when or if they see the show um but you don't uh, know when no. you can give us an if you know if it's good. yeah no one has made any uh comments about it weird that i'm playing the husband of a <laughs> character that my sisters made famous so then, yeah. then i was just the, i was just the first and, hasn't been on my <laughs> mind at all uh this is not by the way your marriott debut you were in man of la mancha and of course you and i chatted when you were at uh, porch light playing ernest shackleton loves me and um this is this is rare for you it's a beardless role so that's something you you uh don't seem to do very often but but there you go it's true. It is a beardless role, and that's that's really been the most most difficult facet <laughs> of this performance for me is the shaving. Different. Uh, Sorry, just to chime in, you do wear a beard. I do wear a beard in that's the last true. scene. Wear that is true. It's a costume beard. I, because yeah, well, I'm just having my own moment because of when we talked last time and when I first saw you and all of that. So I was just going through that experience. But you are right. And chiming in as a director should uh, to cor- to correct comments made by actors and reviewer critic types and all of that. Jessica Fish, who directed the show, and and, and Jessica, first of all, you're an, a Jeff Award winner, and if people they should know your work because I can't think of a theater you haven't. Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf, and Goodman, and 
uh, which by the way, I've interviewed the cast of POTUS that that's already up. So you might, you might check that interview out. That was great fun and writer's theater and just on and on with, with the work you've done public theater. Oh, and also after I'm done talking to you guys, I'm talking to, um, Gail Papp. And uh, so also, yeah, Joseph Papp's widow. So we're going to talk about Amazing. the theater and all that. Yeah. So that should be really interesting. But anyway, in- incredible uh, experience that you have. But I want to talk about something that you said about Carol King and about your experience with this, because I think that probably informs how you chose to direct this show. And you you wrote in the program about how when you were a kid, you were in the car. And why don't you tell that story? But Carol King and her cat kind of play. I assume it was her cat. Um, yeah. Or she stole somebody's cat. I don't know. But um but she played a role in in um, your your world of Carol King and how you see her. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, you know I I feel like people are definitely influenced by the music that's sort of just like played around you at a very young age. And um, my parents were huge Carol King, Joni Mitchell, James Taylor. You know, these are these are the people that like sort of they they played throughout our lives. And we did a lot of road trips up to. I grew up in New Jersey. We did a lot of road trips up to my family in in Boston and we had like five tapes in the car. And so one of them was tapestry and we just like played, you know, the drive is four hours. You can get through four of the tapes. I mean, that's like, (laughs) that's my experience of driving up, you know, up on the, you know, the uh, up North. And so did did your car have the ability to turn the cassette around automatically? No, no, this was, this was the eighties. It certainly did not. Uh, And it was like a small sedan. And I was like fighting in the backseat with my sister, most of the ride. And so we just stared at that, like that, that iconic cover, which ironically, I'll just show and tell like Andrew, I have right here. No, actually, but (laughs) this is my parents came to opening, which they have never really done. They don't live here. And so it's been great. They was really like moving and lovely to have my mom and dad showed up with their copy of tapestry and they framed it for me and like put a note on the back and i was very beautiful and very emotional um how neat wait they put the note on the back which you can't see because it's in a frame no they wrote it on the back oh okay okay (laughs) yeah no no no. but they were like this has all the liner notes and the actual record in it so it. it, it was really sweet so this you know like i just feel like there wasn't a time in my life where i didn't know this music it just it's just in my sort of dna and um, and so when the opportunity, you know, ar- arose to direct the play, I just, I sort of jumped at it. It felt like an opportunity to sort of make a love letter to them. And also I just, it's such a fun, beautiful show. Oh, Andrew, I did it. It's such a fun, beautiful show. And, and good use of the title. Uh, beautiful right there. Well, I, there was something else that you wrote when I kind of began to prepare for this interview and, and it made me go back to look at my, my, for me, tapestry. I did have an LP growing up, but you know, things changed. So now it's on CD for me and, um, probably on a Betamax somewhere. Cause I could probably do that too. But anyway, um, but, but, but here's the thing. You said something that really caught my attention. I went and looked at the album cover again, but everybody else needs to listen because you're going to chime in on this. Um, you said that Carol King, and I'm quoting a little bit. Yeah. There we go. There's the, by the way, what was the cat's name, Jessica? His name is Telemachus. Okay. Which as like a Greek nerd, I like as a Greek, you know, history nerd, I, I love that as well. She let what Jerry is? name the cat. Is that right? I didn't know that. I she believe I, I heard somewhere she let Jerry name the cat because they were amicably co-parenting right. that entire time. The yeah. show takes liberties for dramatic effect, but yeah. Okay, so there's no cat in that. You could have had a stuffed cat, something that just sits on the table or something. And we have a I fake mean, baby instead. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody keeps asking me where James Taylor is, and I was like, I, I don't, I, I cannot answer that. I'm sorry. There's no James Taylor. He's kind of right. Nick. He's a little yeah. bit the character Nick, sort of. Yeah, he's a little Nick. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it feels like he was like hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, here's the thing. What you said about Carol King that made me go look at it. You and I'm just paraphrasing a little bit, but you said she was a reluctant star despite her apparent unwillingness to center herself in the frame. And and of course, that's kind of a double meaning there because I think you were referring to the album cover, but at the same mm-hmm. time, that really is a comment about her life. So I want you, Jessica, first to talk about that had to inform the way in which you approach and began to direct the show. And, and then I want Caitlin and Andrew to chime in because that to me sounded like a pretty major point of the vision for how Carol is going to appear in this edition. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you got it, Paul. Yeah. Good. No, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, so often these sort of like, this like jukebox musical genre, which I, I really am reluctant to put beautiful into um, because I really love the book of, of beautiful. I, I think that so often those are the stories of someone like striving for fame and like, like the story of like how they fought tooth and nail or like overcame all these obstacles to achieve the thing they've always wanted. And it's sort of like a hero's journey in that way. And I feel like actually the thing that's so remarkable about beautiful to me is that, Yes, Carol was this like 16-year-old prodigy who knew that she wanted to sell music, sell her music and write these songs, but actually like the last thing she wanted was to to be the front and center face of her music. And it just literally got to the point where it was, you know, this tapestry album just like was so much of her story that she could not not be the star anymore. And you know, I think there's it we see that in the show it's beautifully sort of demonstrated but also it just it makes for this really interesting dramatically interesting character who has to overcome a, a different set of obstacles uh insecurity and doubt and um and her own preconceived notions about what a star is to become the carol king that that we all know and love, but it, it did not sit naturally on her. And I think that's what makes it such a, a dynamic performance that Kate gives. And that's a beautiful leeway uh, or a segue here into Caitlin. Mm-hmm. By the way, Caitlin, you talked about this role some with my lifelong friend, Steve mm-hmm. Day on WGN Radio. <laughs> Any interesting factoid you can share with us about Steve that you might have learned? Um, I believe he mentioned he was yes, older than you. thank you very much. Okay, now we'll oh, go cool. <laughs> Trust me, Steve will watch this and I'm going to get a text. Um, <laughs> and you might even get a text. Uh, but, but let me ask you this. So now we just heard Jessica's vision. You've heard it before, but you played this role also mm-hmm. um, on a national tour. And mm-hmm. and that means you had a different director. So mm-hmm. how does this Carol King production performance differ from other ways, if at all, other ways you have presented Carol to audiences? Um, it actually really does. And I think it's interesting... Not at all to, uh, like, I love the original production very much. Of course, that's the one that I saw, and I'm very grateful that I got to do it. I think um, having a female lens on a female character has been very uh, enlightening. I think there's a level of Carol's anger that was not as explored in the original um, version of the show. And I think... It feels like her anger in when she finally confronts Jerry at, you know, Marilyn's door. I think there her anger can sort of feel like it comes out of nowhere, but it it really doesn't come out of nowhere. There is a slow burn throughout the show leading up to that moment, but they're definitely like 
I had had it described to me in a completely different way. Like something Jess said was there's this line that I say, this is maybe too detailed of a response, but there's this line that I say, look, get your things and come home. And Jess said almost like he's a child. And I was like, yeah, that is exactly how that feels. But uh, originally it was described to me more as this is not your typical confrontation scene. You know, there's a, there's a lot of nuance here and it's not so much anger and she's not even going to leave him when she comes to the door and all this stuff. And, and having a female lens on it really is this, I don't want to have to parent my husband. And that I think is such a, a common female experience. And it's not even just her husband. There's a lot of Sorry, Andrew, a lot of and, you know, there's a lot of things that happen where you're like, I don't want to have to be the mature one in this situation. Don't make me do this is the level of nuance of the situation. But it is also like this righteous female anger that I think comes through very clearly when there is a female lens on it. And that has been something very, very formative and different to this production. By the way, did Jessica, I'm going to ask Kate the question, Kate, did Jessica ever say to you, how did you play this before? What were you told before? Or we didn't go there at all? No, but she did say, are you sure you are re- you would like to change it? Are you oh. like set in what you do or are you interested in creating something new? So I did come in and I, I came in knowing like, oh, this is going to be different. Um, and I think... What works really well, too, is that because we're in the round and because it had to be redesigned so thoughtfully for the round, um, it was pretty easy for me to not feel like I was doing the same thing with a different hat. Like, it felt very new from the jump of this production. Yeah. And we're going to get to that. I want to talk about being in the round. That's so critical to this. And by the way, we don't know if or when any of the Mueller sisters are coming, Kate, but if they are, do you care? Yes. Please don't tell me. Tell me after and then I'll cry. <laughs> okay. that's. I wanted to find out because I didn't want, you know, like Andrew backstage to just go, they're out there tonight together front row. I, I just- Andrew- Andrew is incredibly thoughtful him. and already made sure, asked me how I would feel about that because he is a very thoughtful and wonderful scene partner. So well, he was in I'll, the know. <laughs> but I'll bet his I also didn't. I also attempted to couch it like, you don't have to feel any sort of way about this, but in case you did. <laughs> yes. I love it. And by the way, your mom, who is responsible for all of you, and I've met her at Ernest Shackleton, has she been there yet? Oh, my mom has seen it like four times. And that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, Andrew, let me talk to you, because your character, Jerry, it's I have a tough time with him. hes I'm not going to say he's a love-hate relationship with the audience. He's kind of a like-dislike relationship with the audience, um, because there is a lot to like about him and the, and the way you play him. Uh, but at the same time, he's kind of crappy uh, to Carol, and we love Carol. So uh, talk to me about how you view this role and and, and the challenge of, because you got to keep the, I think, I think, Jessica could correct me, but I think you still have to keep the audience with you. I don't think this works if we end up at the end just not liking Jerry. We have to like him. Uh, yes, that that is sort of the crux of the endeavor. Uh, it would seem um, it, it it's it's delicate it's delicate business. Um, it's fascinating. Again, going back to the idea of playing the play's version of a real person, because I I did go back and I read Carol King's book, and that talks a bit more about Jerry as a person. To to my knowledge, I was not able to find. A biography of him specifically and there are things about him that aren't in the play um there are things about mental illness that the play doesn't necessarily go into you know medical detail about so i there's a balance there of also trying to not play something that's not in the script and i'm rambling now jumping back to no, the actual I, you know what, topic I'm- 
I didn't know that be- because while I have Carol's sign book, I didn't read it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of curious <laughs> yet. Um, but no, I, what you're saying is really interesting. So if there were true mental health issues with him, how did you work that out with Cheska? It's sort of like, look, here's this character who is going to be secondary to Carol because she's the focus, but yet he's got this deeper and maybe darker side. Does the audience need to connect with that? What's your view? And I want to hear Jessica's view on that. Uh, well, I mean, we, we had certainly talked about the fact that we, we knew that he, I, I mean, also it was the 1960s understanding of uh, mental illness and those sorts of things. So the, the the terminology changed several times and what he actually had is kind of up in the air um but that was kind of the the background the the foundation and it's like okay so we all know this but let's move forward with what's in the script and what we can play and what the script is allowed to say without editorializing externally jess did i did i no, that the you, general no i mean you're andrew can't be unlikable. I mean, he he is an incredible actor, but he is a deeply likable person. I mean, it's, you know, when he walked in the room to audition for this role, he showed me something nobody else had showed me. That period, end of sentence. Which I was, hate to ask what that was, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It was, it was, it was the fact that he, he was tapping into what it meant to be a tortured artist, oh. right? To just believe in what you do with your full essence and your full body, and yet that there the that it that it leads to it leads you astray that it it causes you to make bad decisions that it puts your family and your life in jeopardy um you know and and that to me that's very relatable and i never disliked jerry i mean we spent a lot of time in the sort of like last this the penultimate scene of this play and uh i think there is a world in which you could leave that scene hating jerry Kate alluded to people hissing, hissing at him during a tour performance. And, mm. and I never feel like that in the, I've, I've sat you mean in the curtain call. They hissed at him in the curtain call. No, no. In the, in the scene when they're in the, oh. the, the dress the dressing room at Carnegie hall. Okay. And he, and he, you know, they get to reconnect after many years. And I find that scene the way that these two people play it to be incredibly moving and complicated. Uh, there was a moment in rehearsal where, where Kate wanted to, Got up. Uh, this is not how I direct, but in this moment, this is how I directed Kate. One, do you remember this? Kate, like you wanted to go over to him, and I said, "Sit down." He doesn't. You don't know him that. Sit down. You don't go to him. You don't know him that. And I think that like it's hard. <laughs> but sounds like a this... tough director, if you ask me. By the way, I said sit down. <laughs> no, that's exactly how I direct. I just sit down. <laughs> do this. No, that's but blocking. This... That's just blocking. That's blocking. <laughs> sit. Um, no, but there's this balance and nuance that these two two incredible actors are bringing to this role to make them complicated. They are, you know, they are, they are complex human beings and yes, they are based on real people, but we play them like they are dramatic characters who want things and who make mistakes. And, and I think that like it really, we found a balance that is very, I find very moving and, and they're both complicated people. And I think you're right. I mean, the, the, at least in this case, Andrew, you are. You're a, you're you're a nice guy. You're a good looking guy. Whatever. And I think it's hard to dislike you uh, within there, but you have your moments. So let's talk about doing this in the round because there aren't a lot of theaters in the round in Chicago. I mean, you you know, you, except when Hamilton is playing, or when Steppenwolf's new theater, or when Goodman and the Owen decides to do something. Um, but but here, this is by definition the way it's always going to be at Marriott. And uh, and Jessica, you're actually the first director from a Marriott production I've talked to, I've always talked to cast members. And so 
the challenge, <laughs> wow. like I, the challenge of directing in the round, because for example, damn Yankees, right? Chatted with Sean Fortunato and, and Andrew Allstead and all them. But here's the thing. They have lockers and all this kind of stuff, which I found can be distracting. You have to have them and they did what they could and they didn't have backs to them, but you always have to be conscious of getting that 360 non-blocked view, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I never saw, unlike these two people, I never saw Beautiful. I I, wow. I was I had already left. I was out of New York by the time it was on Broadway. And uh, when the tour came through, I was giving birth. So I, I didn't get to see it. So I had no preconceived notions about like what it should be, which is a gift, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, uh, I am a, the kind of director where i really work from like the world into character I, I i i really don't even know who the people are until i cast it and then i'm like oh this is who they are but like once the world is built that's how that's when i know i can do the play and so by the way I, the I, i'm sorry to interrupt you but that's true whether yeah. you are casting fictional people versus real people period yeah but i don't like that's my favorite thing right like the actors bring a whole component of the character that i i until they walk into the room and audition for me, I, I don't even know, really know who they are. It's I, okay. And then it presents itself and I'm like, that's it. So I, I'm really like a, a world in person. And, and to do that requires putting together an incredible design team. And we have truly the most incredible design team. I, I got to work with a couple of artists who I've worked with many times over um, Andrew Boyce on, on this, on the scenic and, and Tony Churchill with the video. And from the very get go, we talked about creating an environment that embraced the fact that this is a memory play, that the space wants to feel very transformative. And this, I do this all the time because it, it we really approached the play uh, like it was always having this like sort of tornado of movement and it's very circular. It's very, um, there's a lot of sense of, of movement, both in the, the beautiful set that we have, the turntable that is the stack of records, and also just like the way the video engulfs the space. And so I let that lead the way that we ap- approached doing the show. And, and I, I just wanted to have this sense of, of a memory play of it sort of swirling around Carol all the time. And, and that's how we begin and end the play. And the grand piano, which that's you were right. alluding to. Yes. Well, sometimes it's a grand. It's a very versatile performer uh it can be an upright too what it wants to be that's right uh, magic piano yeah and uh and by the way kate i mean you've said this before but you are playing i mean that's right it was mm-hmm. you are playing yeah. that piano yeah it was sort of like when when sean hayes did good night oscar and sean mm-hmm. was actually playing and a lot of people like was he really playing is it a trick whatever you are playing yes i am really playing um which feels great i was terrified um and i thought <laughs> whoever whoever this just fish person was was crazy because I was like what how is that even going to be possible like (laughs) I knew I was like I have to be changing clothes when some of that music is happening like how is that ever going to happen but we had enough time for me to really prepare so it was it's really cool and let me get you and we'll ask Andrew your reactions to again appearing in the round because you know that wherever you're looking there's people behind you so how are you aware of it and by the way in the in the song moments and certainly your concert moments in the end there's no better way to do it than in the round, in my view. It's perfect. Uh, but your thoughts? I think, <laughs> I really think it's working well. I've had a lot of audience members come up to me and say they forgot a lot of the scene, the meat of the scenes from seeing it in proscenium. And I think the fact that they are so close up to us, it really like 
they are engulfed in not only the music, but the story as well. And I think they can really see a lot of the reason maybe they don't hate Andrew so much. Well, Andrew's also very likable. <laughs> but I think it's they can It's not about really... Jerry. It's about you, Andrew, just yeah. to understand what you said. <laughs> I think um, they can really see how much he's struggling in each and every time that he is, you know, breaking down or, or struggling through something. So I think there's a lot of empathy they feel for the characters because they're basically in our laps in the scene. So it really like takes it home. Yeah. By the way, I want to just do a quick shout out to Janet Ulrich Brooks, who's a friend and was going to join us. She was a little under the weather uh, today. Uh, so not with us for best, that reason, but the queen. she plays, she plays your mom. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, as a mom, I don't know. I don't, I didn't see you with other moms, but I love the way she plays this role. Kate. She is excellent. She is so excellent. And I think the way she plays the emotional scene that launches Carol into like the tapestry era is so unbelievably perfect. She really gets me like I emotionally, I mean, like, and I just feel genuinely empowered to go off and write an album after Janet (laughs) sends me off. Like she is, she is wonderful. She's great. She's a Chicago treasure. And Andrew, so you you as well, again, you're you're not really ever playing with an audience perspective in terms of you're not performing like Carol is, but you have to be aware of in the round. And we probably get more because of your ups and downs in the role of Jerry. So how, how are you addressing this audience? And are you ever getting looks back from the audience in those moments when they're not happy with you? And does that bother you if you get them? <laughs> oh, I don't just get looks. I legitimately, well, one thing about being in the round is that there are four entrances and exits that yeah. you have to leave to go you go right past audience members every time you enter and exit the stage and there have been people who have whispered very mean things at me really as i leave the stage yes multiple times can you share um, any, I'm just i know it's just kind of fun but can, what do they i mean assuming it's not swearing but what do they what do they say like you're oh no or? it's swearing no it's swearing <laughs> um the 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 one that isn't swearing was recently someone uh uh a woman whispered loser at me and then no, that was me that was when i was there i was sitting right at each other yeah. giggling yeah <laughs> um so I, I i i'm sensing that it's a very cathartic experience for the audience it, being in the round it really is very very intimate and it, it's yeah. it's one of those things it's it a it's been well blocked and well choreographed so that if you were looking at someone's back in one moment of a scene either by the next moment or by the next scene it will, you will get a different perspective and all these things, or just come back and see the show a couple of times and get different seats. Right. Um, but yes, it is furniture. Yes, it is. It is very, there's a vulnerability to it that a proscenium doesn't necessarily have innately. Um, But yes, mostly I'm just glad I got the opportunity to mention that the audience has been saying really mean things to me. Wow. And I would, and, and by the way, so now I have to ask you, what is your, so when somebody yells out loser or something or mean things even worse than that, do you just go, oh, you're talking to Jerry? Do, does it go in one ear and out the other? Or do you like pause for a moment and go out? No, he texts me. He texts me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did text Jess. But mostly to say, I think it's working. Oh, um, okay. I, I, I've been endeavoring to compartmentalize enough so that this doesn't, uh, play into deep-seated fears that every room I walk into, everyone groans audibly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that just means that it, the the character and the effect he's having on Carol is that effect is also being had on the audience, and they are sometimes almost violently reacting to the um, the 
choices, the bad, the poor choices that he's making. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It means you're doing the role right because people are reacting. There's a, an actor here in Chicago you might know named Raymond Fox, and he was in a show directed by David Schwimmer, and he plays this child predator kind of role. And every time I see Raymond after that, and it's been years, I'm like, I can't talk to you. I can't. There's just you. That 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 was so freaking me out in that role that everything he could play Santa Claus and it wouldn't matter to me anymore. He was just that good. But but just let me ask you, did you? So were you just surprised? Well, no, you weren't surprised because he's texting you. But you know, are you saying good? We're getting those reactions. Or are you like, oh, Andrew, no, hang I'm in there, saying, you'll be okay. Oh my God, are you okay? No, but, but, uh, loser, <laughs> loser. No, I, I, I mean, it's, you can't sit in the audience and not clock that this, this means a lot to people that like these songs. I mean, my favorite part is sitting in the audience and a song starts, it's, it's often Kate like hitting the first two notes on the piano or something and they all go, oh. I mean, one of the moments that I we get that all the time is, um, you know, when the Righteous Brother, we hear the first couple of chords of uh, you've lost that love and feeling. People go like, oh, my God, you know, it's it, the visceral reactions people have to this music. And apparently these people is just incredible. I mean, that's we, what more could we wish for than to have people feel literally moved to react in yeah. any kind of way. I mean, that's why we do our jobs, I think. I mean, the the show Obviously, we've been talking about Carol and Jerry and how, how pivotal that grounding that relationship is. But the show is really a showcase for so many of the sort of like songs and, and artists that people sort of like hold dear to Barry and Cynthia. I mean, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Righteous Brothers, you know, the Shirelles, the Drifters. I mean, I, I didn't realize until opening night, like Up on the Roof was apparently like one of my parents' songs. And then suddenly, like my dad's like crying during up on the road. I was like, dad, what's wrong with you? You know, it's like these songs mean a lot to people. And, and we have this incredible ensemble of actors portraying all of these like iconic performers and, and, you know, doing it down ramps and in heels and on spinning records. I mean, it's, it's a virtuosic performances happening. Yeah, it's so true. I love this cast. And of course, a lot of them are Chicago, familiar Chicago faces. So it's, it's a thrill for me when I get to see them uh, up there and doing that. Uh, and, and, Kate, I went to a matinee because I, to be, here's good news. I was having trouble getting tickets for an evening performance because it was selling out so much. So I, I went to a matinee where I was proud to be one of the youngest people in the audience. And, and, um, what, <laughs> but, but I want to ask you one of the things you can kind of hear people like, they didn't sing. I feel the earth move. What, what I'm waiting for. And of course, why am I ruining anything? If I say how that comes up, I'll let you talk about it. Kate. Nah, the heck with it. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. So, so that is something that the audience actually gets to join you on. It's like one of the best, yes. and, and there we are doing it. Is that, by the way, Kate, I think the answer is yes, but is that in the script? I mean, so, so when they wrote the show, they're like, we're going to get the audience involved in this, or was that a, a I've, I've We definitely, like, encourage it loosely across the board, but I outright say sing along. <laughs> I apparently well, did what, Yes, you do. I didn't warn Jess that I was doing that. I guess I gave everybody an ulcer on the first preview. Did, did I was Jess like, yell out, sit, did Jess yell out, sit down? <laughs> yeah, imagine during the preview, sit back down, Kate. <laughs> I'll decide who sings along. No, it is it is great. I I love the enthusiasm that I get, and I really try to pick out in each section like my most enthusiastic audience members, and like try to like point at them and like groove along. I really like. I also love when there's enthusiasm, and the audience does not know what verse it is, and they're like locked eyes with me, <laughs> and we are saying different words, and I love it. I think it's great, and it's it's really a fun time. 
Well, my audience knew. They all live those songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Beautiful is playing at the Marriott Theater, and you can get tickets at MarriottTheater.com, spelled T-R-E, the British way of doing it, which, by the way, I don't take intermissions. I take intervals. Um, and uh, <laughs> you guys are absolutely phenomenal. And it's playing through New Year's Eve, correct? We just extended. We're actually playing through January 7th. Glad to hear it. So then Andrew can drink with the audience on New Year's Eve. This is a good thing that his character Jerry will want to do that. Before we lose our 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 time limit here, thank you all. Break legs every night. Thank you for your time with me. This was great fun and great perspective to get the director. I wish you all happy holidays and a happy new year. And uh, you guys are beautiful. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Uh, he said the thing. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>